0: The synagogue was kind of a a library slash uh, discussion place for where you would hear the public reading of the word, but because you were doing it in this common space, you would then immediately be able to interact around it. And so this idea that we can we can read the Bible kind of in similar uh, similar parts of the Bible, so that we can have these discussions and we could you know really learn from one another's gifts and what what each other is are thinking. This is this is really I think a good way to think about scripture. And if you don't have a a way to do that, um, I would encourage you guys to to make sure that you're adopting a, a Bible plan that is not only for you just alone with your Bible, but also gets you in sync with others. And if you don't have one, We just wanted to tell you guys that you are invited, if you would like, to participate in our Bible plan. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. If you'd like to learn more about what entering into a season of coaching could look like for you and your household, visit 1kh.org for more information. Let's jump into today's episode. So what is your vision of how the average Christian should interact with Scripture on a daily basis? This is something that almost every Christian has to grapple with and that we kind of move towards, but we don't really talk about in very specific language very often. I remember as a child growing up, I often would go into friends' houses, um, even houses I think different family members, and there were these two paintings that I saw all the time. I'm going to show this to you guys. Um, There's there's a painting of an old man by himself praying over some bread with his Bible, and an old woman doing the same thing in a different part of the house uh, with a table and a Bible in the morning. These paintings that were so popular in people's houses, I think really reflect the vision that is really dominant in the way we think about how to, uh, how we interact with the Bible, and that is a person alone with their Bible every morning spending time with God, that that's the primary way that we interact with Scripture. Now, I'm not going to talk to you necessarily about the whole topic of a devotional life and, and all the prayers and all the rhythms that get in, are involved with that. I want to talk to you guys specifically about in the vision of your life, your daily life, just your, uh, your intake of, of Scripture. How does that work? What is the vision for this? And this vision that what it really boils down to is a person uh, reading a lot of Scripture every day uh, by themselves Uh, in the morning, this is a fairly new idea, and the part of it that's really new is the part in the picture of that book sitting there. The fact that every individual would have access to a Bible is a fairly new thing. We know that, of course, people didn't have access to their own Bibles, and so this vision of how to intake Scripture could not have been the one that Jesus or the Apostles had in mind, um, it doesn't mean it's bad, doesn't mean it's it's not even an improvement, it just means it's different. And so sometimes when I'm looking at the way that we think about a topic, and we all think the same way, and a technology like the printing press is what really made that possible, I, I want to go back and actually understand what was in the apostles, what was in Jesus' mind, what how did they think about how to intake the Bible? And I think that this idea of a person alone with the Bible, their ability to read through all the different genres of Scripture, to really be able to glean every single morning some kind of tidbit for the day, something that would really help deepen their faith or connect them with the Lord. This idea, I think, often comes from not only the printing press, but also uh, people that have the gift of teaching. Uh, Obviously, people with the gift of teaching tend to be the ones teaching us, but one of their blind spots is that when they read the Bible, they have spent so much time and they are particularly gifted in the body to be able to read scripture and interpret it so that they can help other people interpret and apply scripture to their lives. But The problem is they can encounter scripture using their spiritual gift in a way that many other people cannot. They have both the literacy and the, the interpretive sort of gifts to be able to read lots of genres of scripture and get a lot of benefit from that personally, and so they think this is just normal and that everybody should be able to do this, but this is not very normal. This is difficult for most people. The idea that you would read the Bible in isolation without people with the gift of teaching, helping you understand it, helping you get the context, helping you understand the difficult words, helping you understand these challenging genres that oftentimes don't even exist in other kinds of literature that you're reading. These are things that teachers can do really well, but we need their help. And so sitting there reading the Bible alone sometimes can be a formula for frustration for so many believers. And so what is the possible antidote to that? What was in the apostle's mind or what was in Jesus' mind when they would have thought about or talked about how somebody would interact with the Bible on a regular basis. Now, I think one of the clues that I, I really started to cap to, to see through this was when I read um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book *Life Together*, and he makes a case in that book that when you live in community, it's really important to read the Bible in sync as a community, reading the same passages and talking about those passages with each other and helping each other interpret and apply those passages in community. Instead of seeing that one person alone in the morning with the Bible, there is a community of people that are all reading the same passages and having conversations, helping each other interpret and apply those passages to their lives. That's a different vision. It's not one that I grew up really thinking about. It was oftentimes, here, here's the Bible, read the Bible, here's some Bible plans, but there wasn't a strategy for how we could do that in sync and how that we could help each other, especially interpret, parts of the Bible that were difficult. And so Bonhoeffer had this vision, let's read the Bible in sync. And I really, I read that and that captured me. But it also, uh, another uh, a time in which I really saw the value of this was we were living in Jerusalem, and we had uh, some of these Hebrew tutors that we would talk to, and they were spending time with our family, helping us understand the Bible and One day we were meeting up with two of the two of these tutors for uh, a coffee, and we were getting to the coffee shop, we ended up getting there late and they were, they had gotten there first and they didn 't really know each other very well, but when we walked in, they were in a very deep discussion about Joseph and a particular part of the story of Joseph from the end of Genesis and we said, What are you guys talking about?" You know, we don't knew that they didn't really know each other very well. They said, Well, we're talking about this passage in uh, in the book of Genesis about Joseph. And so as as they began to talk about why they were having that conversation, it's because in Israel, all of the synagogues read the Bible in sync and they've really separated the whole Torah into a series of writings, so that every single week there's a different reading that is begun in the synagogue. But whether you're in one synagogue or a different synagogue, you're reading the same passage or parsha. And so, as they were reading these things in sync, it allowed for them, when they were hanging out with people, even that they didn't know very well, but they were also Jewish, to immediately start a conversation about the Torah. And I thought, this was man, this is a really remarkable kind of dynamic to be able to know that you could just go and hang out with people, and they would be able to. Uh, start a conversation with what you had just been reading that morning or that week. So, uh, I think this is really powerful. And this is what was going on often, uh, likely in Jesus' day and with Paul. Paul wrote to Timothy, do not neglect the public reading of the Word. What was the public reading of the Word? Well, because not everybody had a Bible, the synagogues were kind of like a library. And these were places where, yes, you could get a hold of these scrolls and maybe read them for yourself if you were literate. But at the very least, most people would just listen to the Torah or the different scrolls being read in the synagogue. And so the synagogue was kind of a a library slash uh, discussion place for where you would hear the public reading of the word, but because you were doing it in this common space, you would then immediately be able to interact around it. And so this idea that we can, we can read the Bible kind of in similar, uh, similar parts of the Bible so that we can have these discussions and we can, you know really learn from one another's gifts and what, what each other is, are thinking, this is, this is really, I think, a good way to think about Scripture. And if you don't have a, a way to do that, um, I would encourage you guys to, to make sure that you're adopting a, a Bible plan that is not only for you just alone with your Bible, but also gets you in sync with others. And if you don't have one, we just wanted to tell you guys that you are invited, if you would like, to participate in our Bible plan. We have this thing we call the Bluegrass Bible plan. The Bluegrass community is a community that, that we lead in and through our household. But this Bible plan, uh, it's just the more the merrier, the more people that, that get involved, the more interaction there is, and we love it when people jump into uh, our Bible plan. There's really two components to uh, syncing up with our community and reading the Bible with our community or with our family. Um, that is that, that you would read these five readings per week, And that we have a WhatsApp group where we. Uh, have discussions about what's going on in that passage or share teachings and so those are really the two components so that we can enjoy this uh, this process of reading the Bible in sync with others and so if you don't have that you haven't tried that you might want to try that this year or you can start right in the middle of the year wherever you're at um, and just kind of dive in with us in this process of reading the Bible so I want to talk to you guys uh, about the actual plan itself because every plan is different different there's not one plan that's superior to the others I just want you guys to understand what the distinctives are of this particular Bible plan. So the first distinctive is, if you look at it, and I'll show you guys what this looks like, you will see that there are five readings per week, okay? So I I decided I really like the idea of having five readings per week instead of seven. Number one, it allows you to catch up if you get behind. Uh, And the second uh, distinctive, having the five readings, is that if you are studying the Bible seven days a week, this gives you a couple of extra days to go deeper in a couple of those passages. Or if you want to go off the reading plan and go look at other parts of Scripture, oftentimes I like to spend time in the Psalms, and just pray through Psalms more often uh, during the days where I'm maybe ahead if I've been uh, doing this seven days a week. So that's also uh, really helpful. Um, the other thing you'll find distinctive, uh, the second thing is that there are these five sections, okay? And so the five sections of the Bible reading plan are the five sections that you will really find in the Bible, particularly the Hebrew scriptures are really separated into these three sections. The Torah, um, the Nevi'im and the Ketuvim. The Torah is the, the law. It's translated the law. The Nevi'im is translated the prophets and the Ketuvim is the writings. And so these are the three segments of the Hebrew scriptures. Jesus even refers to these three segments in Luke 24 where he talks to, uh, the, the apostles about, um, the law, the prophets and the writings. Uh, he calls them the Psalms. And so some people call them the Psalms or the other writings since so that's where the Ketuvim comes from. It means it's the Hebrew word for writings. Now in the, in the English Bible, uh, we've actually actually not only added a fourth section, the historical books, but we've also completely reordered uh, each of these, except for the Torah. And so because of the reordering, I think we're actually missing a lot of the what people, rabbinical, um, uh, scholars and others have seen as the overarching story of the Bible. You'll miss some of those narrative connections if you start to reorder all of the different parts of the Bible. So I like going back to the Hebrew order and uh, and, and looking at the Torah, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim as the three different kinds of writings, as well as then we have the Gospels and the Epistles. This kind of five-section uh, format allows you during the week to have really an experience of each of those kinds of genres or each of those kinds of elements of Scripture. I think each one has uh components of it that I know for me, I really miss if I spend weeks or months where i 'm not reading the gospels, weeks or months where i 'm not reading the Torah, weeks or months where i 'm not in the epistles or the or the psalms or you know the writings so th- th- I really enjoy being in all five of these sections of scripture, and so this is the reason why we have these five sections so you guys can have access to to all of those now the sections are also divided into readings the Torah is a two year cycle, so if you just followed this reading plan. For two years, you'd read the entire Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books. Um, the prophets or the Nevi'im is, is in a three-year cycle. So you'd have to follow this plan for three years to read through all the prophets. The Ketuvim is also in a three-year cycle. The gospel, the gospel readings and Acts is in a two-year cycle. And the epistles, uh, with the book of Revelation as well is in a, to your cycle as well. Now I really like this, this, uh, the way this works because um what this does is it allows you to, it's a pace that I personally really, really like. When I'm reading the Bible in one year, what I find is I don't really have time for an in-depth study. Uh and so I'm trying to sort of reduce some of that that uh, amount of reading uh, in order to make it a little bit more accessible. And so that's why we've got these cycles uh, that are, that are more of a two to three year cycle of reading through the whole Bible. But you do get the whole Bible if you stick with this plan over the course of those three years. So you kind of, I I really like kind of splitting the difference between those two things so that you can make sure you're really spending time studying the Bible um, if you don't have the time necessarily to read through the Bible every single year. So those are some of the distinctives of the plan itself. I just want you guys to be aware of that, and this is why we made those decisions. In case you are thinking about doing this plan, those are that's how we made those decisions. Now we also want to, as we're reading through these five readings every week, have these kinds of interactions. So we want you guys to join the WhatsApp group, and if you do get involved in the WhatsApp group, what you want to do is is uh, try to post in there at least once a week to just like share an insight. Um, You might want to ask a question uh, to the group. You can share an application or an encouragement. And the other thing that I really like about the WhatsApp group is we can share teachings. And this kind of goes back to what I was beginning, uh, in the very beginning, to say that we actually are dependent on teachers to fully understand the Bible. The idea that one person alone with the Bible is going to understand very complex uh genres uh that are written in other languages that no longer um genres that are no longer written in today and that we probably aren't encountering in other places. This is this is something that makes sense if you're a teacher, but really is unrealistic for probably 80, 90 percent of believers. Uh, they're gonna get something out of it, but they're not gonna get the richness that that they would get if they had access to a teacher. That is okay. And so part of the problem is we live in a hyper-individualistic culture that says if I need to be able to get all of it myself And if I need to depend on anyone else in the body, then that's, there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to have access to teachers. It's great to have access to teachers. People that have written commentaries. So part of what we want to do in the WhatsApp group is be sharing lots of teaching. And one of the crazy, amazing things about living today is that we can share all kinds of things in that group that, that are so accessible to everyone because of just this digital media. So here's a YouTube video of somebody who's really interpreting this in a, in a really uh, interesting and, and, and great way that's really helpful. And we can critique those as well. I know that that can create the wild west and there's a lot of stuff on there that maybe isn't, you know, always accurate, but that's why we're in community. We're also being able to, we have teachers also in the WhatsApp group so we can, you know, be talking about the interpretations that we're putting out on, on those, on that place so we can interact with them. You know, I also love sharing podcasts or sermons that have really, I uh, have great insights around these passages. Again, a teacher who has probably spent 10, 20, 30 hours thinking about this one passage and just is unpacking it in 20 or 30 minutes is super helpful. Audiobooks, uh, you know, just other articles and all kinds of different resources that we can share with each other on that WhatsApp group, so that we can go deeper and deeper and deeper, if we want to, into any of these five readings during that week. So this is this is what the Bible reading plan. If you guys want to be a part of the Bluegrass Bible reading plan, we're going to set up a, a special page on the 1kh.org website. So we're going to create a page at 1k one uh, khorg plan. So that's one word, Bible plan. You can go there, and we're going to show you where we we print out a PDF, a one-page PDF of the, of every six months of the plan. So you can just uh, print that out, have that in your Bible, put that in your journal, so it's right there with you as you're reading through the scriptures. And so you can do that. Also, don't. Uh, we encourage you guys to, to to not hesitate to invite other people into this. So this is not nothing's exclusive. If you, if you want your whole community to come and join, get the Bible plan, jump in the WhatsApp group. Uh, I just feel like the more people that are in there interacting, you know, you don't have to pay attention or read every message or look at every insight. But man, it's, I just find it so interesting, so helpful to be reading the Bible in community. We could use these, these uh, online tools to really interact with each other and get more and more insights about those passages. So if you want to join us, I want to invite you to consider uh, jumping into this Bible reading plan if you don't have one or you're looking for a change, 1kh.org slash Bible plan. Uh, jump in the WhatsApp group, introduce yourself, say hi to us. Let us know that you're there and start interacting and start reading the Bible uh, in community and in sync with us.